This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, in the world of tech, there has been a bit of a revolution in terms of job losses and cutbacks. For example, Microsoft announced that they will be cutting 10,000 jobs. Amazon, which employs 5,000 people in Ireland, has also announced mass layoffs worldwide. And in the U.S. tech sector, layoffs are continuing. More than 21,000 workers in U.S.-based tech companies have been laid off in mass job cuts so far in 2023, according to Crunchbase News, which is a tech magazine. We're joined now to discuss this and the implications of it by Chris Johns. Chris, former chief economist with the Bank of Ireland, now a respected commentator. His own podcast, The Other Hand, is very successful, and he joins us now. Chris, there is a particular resonance in Ireland because technology companies who've come here from the United States mostly have been very good for the country in so many ways, but we don't appear to be taking the job hits as badly as the United States. But I'd like to talk to you first, Chris, about Elon Musk and Twitter. He paid $44 billion for Twitter, and as far as I can see, He's lost a lot of money there, and he's also laying off lots of people. Who is Elon Musk? Why are we talking about him so much? And what's your assessment of the significance of his takeover of Twitter? In, in many ways, it was like a, a folly, a rich man's folly, I think, the, that particular takeover. But Musk himself is, is an extraordinary man. He's South African by birth with a Canadian mother and moved to Canada uh, on the back of that Canadian citizenship that she would have been able to pass on to him. And uh, he, he went to Canada really knowing that the Canadian thing would enable him to get into the United States relatively easily. And he did the tech entrepreneur thing. You might recall that a lot of people went to university, very bright kids went to university and dropped out very quickly. I think Bill Gates was one, Steve Jobs was another. Yes. Musk is another one that uh, 
uh, dropped out. Of, he went to several universities, actually, and, and Stanford, the elite university in the States, he lasted two days before he decided he was going to set up a, a tech company, which I'm not sure that it exists anymore. He's been involved with lots of different companies, the names of which will be familiar to, to you. PayPal, for example. Yes. Uh, he made an, his initial fortune from the sale of PayPal to eBay. He had a big stake in that along, along with others. Uh, the Twitter thing is is causing him huge problems because, as you say, he bought it for $44 billion. Um, that He stumped up an awful lot of his own money for that. We think it was about $26 billion of that 44 was his own cash, straightforward cash that he had almost certainly raised from selling shares in another company that he founded, one that you will also be familiar with, Tesla, the electric car company. Yes, yeah, and... So and- the other shareholders in Tesla have a right to be a bit fed up because he's selling Tesla shares to prop up his losses yeah. or to mitigate his losses on Twitter. So Tesla's share price is down 20 25% in the last month alone. I think it fell 65% in 2022. Lots of reasons for that, some of which we understand very well, some of which, as with all share price movements of that kind, are going to remain mysterious forever. Tesla would have fallen last year because of the fall in the stock market. The stock market was down 20%, so Tesla shares were, were worse than that. It joined that group of companies that fell very heavily because they uh, were overvalued to begin with. They were in good company there. And technology companies generally had a very, very bad 2022. So in some ways, part of the share price fall in Tesla last year had nothing to do with Musk, but something... Uh, had something to do with his share sales because we think that he sold about 40 billion 40 billion dollars of his stake in tesla last year which i would be astonished if anybody was to suggest that that didn't have something to do with the fall in the share price another reason for the share price going down is that he is the ceo of tesla and we should say chris that tesla is the electronic car that's right businesses that they are the pioneers if you like or the most yeah visible of the electric cars. Correct. I imagine quite a few of the listeners today have a Tesla. They are they are popular everywhere. The, the, the fall in Tesla share price would have had something to do, as I say, with the fall in tech companies. Generally, the fact that uh, Musk had to sell a big chunk of his own stake in Tesla. But the other reason for the fall in sh- Tesla share price is, is the fact that he would have become and has become very distracted by this takeover of Twitter. You need, you need a CEO to be very focused on the company with which he's CEO of. And uh, Twitter clearly is taking up an awful lot of his time. And so lots of reasons came together to drive the share price down. So Tesla, this electronic leading electronic car company, uh, the, as you say, the shareholders um, will, be, will be very cheesed off. Um, there are there, there are some very prominent names in in that shareholder register. The venture capitalists are very prominent, and the, and if you are an American listener, you you'll know of Sequoia Capital, big big venture capital VC company. Larry Ellison, who founded Oracle, another company that has a presence in Ireland, but of course is a global tech giant. He has a stake in Tesla. Prince Alouid bin Talal of Saudi Arabia has a big stake in Tesla. So th- these people will be rather cheesed off with Mr. Musk for what he has done to the value of their shareholdings. The, the, what, the, a crunch point is coming for, for Musk, both this year in general and this month in particular. And that's because he didn't just put $26 billion into, into Tesla, 
into Twitter of his own money. He had to borrow a lot of money. And it was Twitter, actually, rather than himself that holds this debt. And of course, it attracts interest, as all debt does. And because yeah. Twitter is very risky in the eyes of the marketplace, the marketplace was only interested in lending this kind of money to him at eye-watering interest rates. We think that the interest rate on his debt is about 12%, which, yeah. is, which is extraordinary. So that means that we think that there's about $1.5 billion worth of interest payments alone due on this debt this year, and the first installment is coming up. And he's got to decide whether he's going to pay this interest or not. And if he's going to pay it, the questions are being asked, where's the money going to come from? And if he doesn't pay it, does that mean, and we think it does, does that mean that he got, the company is declared bankrupt and he ends up in the bank, US bankruptcy courts, which is a, a horrendous prospect? So lots of very open questions about the future of Twitter. Uh, obviously, that affects their employees um, most directly, but the financial uh, aspects of, of, of this takeover mean that its future is very, very uncertain. So if you're a Twitter person, and many, many are, what's going to happen to the product, in this case, Twitter? Well, I don't think it's going to go away very soon. There has been some speculation that Twitter could go under and it could disappear. And there was lots of fevered speculation in the last quarter of last year about that very possibility. And lots of Twitter users actually migrated to other social media platforms that are similar. Com there are competitors to Twitter. They do exist. They're much smaller, of course. Yes. Um, there are various social channels. An awful lot of the war news from Ukraine is, is broadcast on something called the Telegram channel, for instance. A lot of Twitter users migrated to something called Mastodon, uh, which is less user-friendly. I've had a look at it myself. But it, it, it is being presented as a real alternative. And so we don't get many... Uh, data points for Twitter anymore now that it is a private company, but we think that they have lost a lot of users to companies like Mastodon. The other thing, perhaps even more important for Twitter right now, given its cash flow problems, is that advertisers have been deserting Twitter because they they they, they really are worried about guilt by association with with Mr. Musk and all of the carry on that he's uh, been been conducting because it's not just financial shenanigans that are going on. Uh, he has opined in all sorts of different ways about politics, for example. Well, one of the things he did as soon as he took control of Twitter was to invite Donald Trump, who'd been banned from that platform, to come back. Absolutely. So advertisers have been deserting Twitter. And again, we don't know. Uh, these numbers are only guesstimates, but analysts purport to be able to measure these things in, 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 at a distance. And the revenues we think last year in 2022 might have fallen by as much as 40%, which for a company that is cash flow constrained in this way, that needs cash, that's really, really serious. Musk himself has told us that Twitter will have cash outflows this year, including interest payments of about $6.5 billion. Um, that's enormous. And uh, we... Again, this is from Musk himself. He's indicated that out of that six and a half billion, he's going to have about three billion in revenues, almost entirely advertising revenues. That's what's left. Maybe it might be less than that if those analyst estimates of a 40% drop are right. And Twitter itself has about a billion dollar in cash. So he's two and a half billion dollars short on his own arithmetic. And that's why all of this speculation about bankruptcy has, has come about, because where is he going to get that extra two and a half billion? 
let alone meet all the interest payments that are, that are becoming due. And so he's going to have to find some money from somewhere. He's either going to have to stump up more cash himself and inject what we call equity into the company, which probably means he has to sell more Tesla shares. Um, I don't think he's got the odd few billion in cash lying around. I don't know. I hope for Twitter's sake that he does. There could be a restructuring of the debt, and that could get very complicated in which the holders of this debt, and that's another story in and of itself that, that for finance types is very interesting because the debt was originally bought by uh, Wall Street investment banks with the intention of selling it on to end investors, but got caught up in all of the interest rate rises and financial market problems that were around last year. So an awful lot of Wall Street banks are holding this debt, and they're very uncomfortable withholding this debt because they're not sure they're going to get their money back, let alone the interest payments. So uh, there could be some debt renegotiations. They could convert that debt into stakes in either Tesla or more likely Twitter. But the problem that they've got, that he's got, is that that original Twitter valuation of $44 billion, best guess, best estimate that's out there at the moment, is that that's fallen to about 15. So a massive, massive hit to the valuation of Twitter. So there isn't much equity headroom to play with. So his options are very constrained. He's got to find some money from somewhere. He's either got to sell some shares in Tesla, we think, put up his own cash, a combination of the two, or start negotiating with his bankers. And you know what negotiating with bankers is like, Eamon. <laughs> I do, but not at the scale that Mr. Musk appears to be engaged Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let me ask you about him. I'm intrigued by the idea that he went to Stanford University and left after two days. What was he rejecting? And I believe he suffers from Asperger's, which is on the spectrum. Is he a kind of loose cannon who got lucky? Or what are his gifts? 
Oh, he, he is a genius. I, I have no doubts that he is an incredibly smart bloke. If you, if you look at the list of companies yeah. that he's founded, that that company that he left Stanford after two days was a, was a, an online city guide software company called Zip2. And right. he sold that company to uh, a, a, another tech company called Compaq, which at the time was a very, very big maker of PCs. It still makes PCs, but it, it, it's not, it's a shadow of the its former self, but Compaq, I think, had a presence, indeed might still have a presence in Ireland. He sold that company for $300 million. So, uh, you know, he has a history of founding companies and doing very, very well with them. Right. Um, he founded SpaceX, which is an extraordinary venture in 2002, which ultimately has the ambition of landing man on Mars. That's um, not the one that went pear-shaped last week, is no, it? No, that was a British company. That was Richard Branson. That was Richard Branson. And, and one of the things that these billionaires, of course, because Jeff Bezos of Amazon is in this game as well. So yeah. these, these three billionaires, Branson, Bezos, and Musk, are all competing with each other to uh, achieve uh, what NASA never managed to do, which was which was to, is to get to Mars. Um, he found it. He, he, he was an early investor. He didn't found Tesla, but he invested in it and then became chairman. And he became the product architect because one of the things that he is is an engineer. Right. And uh, he does have qualifications in, in that regard. And he's received awards for his engineering prowess. Um, he's been involved in, um, he co-founded a company called OpenAI, which was nonprofit. Um, it's an artificial intelligence research company that has recently been in the news big time with its new chatbot. You may have heard about this thing called Chat. GPT-3. If you haven't used it, I'd strongly suggest you do. Really? It, it will scare you to death because I've asked it. <laughs> I'm frightened enough by the average day, Chris. <laughs> I've, I've asked it questions that, uh, from an economics perspective, I'm an economist, so I, I just, I've said, I've asked it to write um, an essay, a 500-word essay on the quantity theory of money. And really? It produced that essay instantly. It doesn't think about it. It just types away. And it would have been a, a, a achieved a pass grade for a first year university essay. Um, wow. it, it, extraordinary. And ChatGPT three is 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 the future. Uh, these the, the number three is important because they're working on number four. Uh, these things are are going to affect everybody's lives hugely. And there are some people out there who think that this is going to be as transformative as the as the discovery of electricity. Uh, it, right. it, it, it will be the next industrial revolution. And I must say, I, I, having looked at this and read around it and thinking about it, it is an extraordinary thing. And Musk has been heavily involved with this. He's founded something called Neuralink, which is a, a, a technology company that is developing brain-computer interfaces. He's involved in all kinds of all kinds of stuff. This SpaceX thing that I just mentioned, um, I was recently in a part of the world where I happened to look up at the sky and saw a satellite, as you often do when you're in the open countryside, moving along. And it was followed, and I lost count after 60 satellites, all in a line. And it's all been launched by um, this thing called Starlink, which is, which is an offshoot of SpaceX. Um, just and it's, it's broadband in the sky. So if you're in rural Ireland or somewhere where you, you can get hold, log on to this stuff, it's, it's, what this guy has done is amazing. So he is, in my mind, an absolute genius, but he's, I suspect he's one of these geniuses that it's been a long time since anybody said to him, uh, Elon, you're yeah. barking up the wrong tree here. You're wrong. Uh, don't do this. I think he, he has these 
flights of fancy night. He's fallen victim to to this uh, to what an awful lot of very very rich successful people fall victim to, which is you know the, Caesars used to have on when they were taking the um, acclaim of the crowds in ancient Rome, a man standing on their shoulders saying, "Remember where you came from. You came from nothing. You are nothing." Just to keep them grounded. And these yes. people, unfortunately don't follow that the, they, they emulate Caesar in lots of different ways, but not in that one. So I do think that the, 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 the Twitter thing is an example of what happens when you, you end up believing your own PR and he's bought himself an awful lot of trouble. Yeah, Ronaldo has said he's got a guy standing on his shoulders, but he's, he's dumb. He can't speak. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just to, to go back to this world and, I mean, if you work in the tech world and you see some of these figures for unemployment and failure, I mean, they are shocking. And I just wonder how, for example, in Ireland, we have tech companies here. There are an awful lot of Irish people employed. One is Stripe, the payment system, which is, I think, in the same business as PayPal. Two young lads from Limerick did it as a project, and they are now immensely wealthy in, in the United States. Is that business inherently unstable because of the kind of product and the stage of development it's at? In other words, it's at an early stage of development. And here's a guy, Musk, who's pushing the boundaries out all the time. Yeah, tech has gone through generally a bad time of it recently, mostly caused by the rise in interest rates that was caused by the rise in inflation next year, last year. Yes. And the rise in interest rates affects their stock market valuations big time. There are lots of technical reasons for that. I won't go into them. But the rise in particularly long-term interest rates mean that their share prices cratered last year. That's a technical term meaning that they fell a lot. So that that sets up all sorts of issues for them, not least that they will then struggle as they are to obtain further funding for their rapid growth. So these companies receive early stage funding. I mentioned venture capital in the context yeah. of Tesla and companies like Sequoia. They become much more reluctant to uh, fund these companies at their early stage stages of development. So the rapid growth that is funded by back venture capital type funding comes to a halt, a juddering halt. So one thing I think is for sure, for this year at least, is that this rapid growth that we've seen in these companies, and you can see the effects of that all over Dublin with the, the headquarter buildings going up, that's over for now at least. I, it's not like the tech bubble that burst 23 years ago in March yes. 2000. It's not like that. That was a that was the dot com. That was the dot com. Yeah. yeah, bursting. And that took down an awful lot of companies and an awful lot of names never came back. I don't think it's as bad as that. There were an awful lot of companies back then that, for example, had no revenues whatsoever and really, quite frankly, never had any prospect of any revenues. These are, by contrast, more serious businesses that do have revenues. In many cases, they do have profits. And so they will survive. But their, their business model and the environment in which they are operating is changing very, very rapidly. I've mentioned that the era of rapid growth, for now at least, is over. Right. The second thing that's really hammered, and this goes back to the Twitter conversation, which has wider applicability to, to Facebook in particular, or Meta, as it's pro more properly known as these days, is that companies that are founded on advertising revenues, their business model depends on advertising, they're struggling simply because of the state of the world economy. 
One of the things that happens when growth slows down in economies is the companies cut back on their spending. Individuals like you and me, we cut back on our spending when growth slows and inflation picks up. And the first thing to go in most businesses is the advertising budget. That's cut by half. And so any company whose revenues depend on advertising is experiencing something of a cyclical slowdown right now. Whether that turns into something secular, I, I don't know. I doubt it. But it definitely is a big headwind for these companies. Now, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg is the chief executive, and he's one of the richest men in the world. He fell out of the top 10 richest in February 2022. That's almost a year ago when his company share price plunged after a disappointing earnings report. Now, he is reported to be worth $47.2 billion as of this month. And Zuckerberg himself seems to be rather curious and malevolent character because Facebook is, is a problem and there have been problems with it. So it wouldn't break my heart if we saw the back of Mark Zuckerberg as a businessman. Yeah, this is one of the particular aspects of what I was saying just now about it's not the dot-com bust of 23 years ago because there are right. specific circumstances affecting individual companies that almost make the, 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 the call on whether this company will survive, whether the, what shape the company will be in once it's through its problems, almost unique to each individual company. Twitter has a unique set of problems. It has a common issue with this fall in advertising revenues that's affecting Facebook. But Facebook also has issues particular to that company that don't really affect other companies. Mark Zuckerberg has bet the farm on the metaverse, which is why he changed the name yeah. of Facebook to, to Meta. He thinks that we are all going to be wearing the next generation of uh, virtual reality headsets pretty soon, perhaps just contained within our spectacles and uh, living a lot of our lives in the metaverse. So far, it's been a flop. And the take-up of people uh, willing to spend significant chunks of their lives and therefore exposing themselves to advertising or, and or giving revenue to Facebook, um, they're noticeable by their absence. The negative publicity attaching to, to Facebook because of its involvement with things like Cambridge Analytica, yes. uh, companies like that, uh, it, it's been that which has been part of uh, Russian interference in the US electoral process, Russian interference in the Brexit process, that kind of publicity has badly affected Facebook. The, uh, there is legislation uh, currently going through in the UK, for instance, at the moment, in which the senior executives of tech companies can now, if this legislation finally gets passed, uh, be jailed for harm caused to young people by using the social media channels that some of these companies have. And so people right. being exposed to horrible stuff about self-harming for example, can lead now to uh, litigation against the executives of these companies. So the, these are a lot of headwinds. Both you, Some of them are unique to individual companies. Some of them are very common. And uh, some companies are actually saying that things aren't so bad. And we talk, I just talked about the list of things going wrong with Facebook. The chief executive of Microsoft uh, only this week, I think probably in Davos, um, has been saying that he is, these are my words, not his, seeing some green shoots. And that's because Microsoft's business model, of course, is much more diverse than Facebook's. Facebook's is dependent to a considerable extent on advertising revenues. A company like Microsoft has a much more diverse range of revenues, and that seems to be protecting that particular company. Right. It, its share price did fall last year. It is doing some cost-cutting. 
but in a normal business as usual sort of way during a downturn sort of way. There is absolutely no suggestion whatsoever that Microsoft's fundamental business model is under threat in the way that, say, for example, Twitter's is. Let me ask you a question just finally, Chris, about these companies and their influence and the power that they wield and the damage many people feel that they do. In Europe in particular, in the European Union, there is a desire to take them on, to regulate them and to punish them if they transgress, shall we say. I have to view that they are publishers, effectively, many of them, and they should be subject to the same laws that publishers are. Scrutiny, avoidance of libel, you can't just get up there and say anything you want. There's enormous harm being done to young people. I, I'm certain of that. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Well, I'd be interested in your view, of course. Can we get a grip on them as a society and make them play by the rules that govern and should govern all publishers? So far, we haven't been able to do this. And I think there are lots of reasons. You think we should? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm on record many years ago as, of, as writing in the Irish Times, actually, about the harm that social media is doing to young people in particular, uh, public square in general, and, yes. and politics. And I actually got in trouble uh, at the Irish Times for writing all that stuff. Um, but that was back in the day, and that's a different story. So, uh, yeah, I would agree absolutely. The, the mystery, if you like, is that the point that you make about these things being publishing entities and that therefore they should be held responsible in exactly the same way as any other publisher of a newspaper, a magazine or a book subject to the same laws is why that, that change hasn't been brought into effect. And I think that one answer to that is just the sheer power of these companies now, their financial clout particularly in Washington, less so yes. in Europe, but particularly in yes. Washington, um, th their lobbying of politicians in, in Washington means that these laws in the United States aren't passed. And there is a feeling that if you don't pass these laws any, everywhere, there's not much point in passing them in one jurisdiction because we could pass, for example, yes. uh, these laws in Europe, but then everybody would get, get uh, sorry to talk technically again, everybody, every kid would get a, um, a a virtual server and just look at the stuff coming out of the United States where they're not regulated. But I do think you're absolutely right. These things are publishers. They get away with claiming that they're just vehicles for putting this stuff up. They hide behind yeah. the mantra of free speech. Um, that's something that uh, uh, Musk does a lot, claims that the reason why he, he, he allows people like Trump back onto his platform is that it's all in the interests of free speech. And that is a, you know, a difficult area of, of what we allow to be published and what we don't. But they should be subjected to the same laws as newspapers. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually watched Zuckerberg appearing before a Senate committee in Washington and the guys didn't know what he was talking about, and he was running rings around them. Just a final question. Is it possible to ban anonymous accounts, or should we be even thinking about that? Anonymity, as I'm sure you know, to the extent that I know that it's a limited extent to which you interact on social media. I mean, I have a Twitter handle and um, uh, comments at the end of my newspaper articles or yes. anything else that I publish online. Um, it, it's, it's striking just how much license anonymity gives to commentators yes. and that the it, it, i think that it would be well nigh impossible to uh, legislate for this 
because right. it's down to the companies themselves. And I think that the companies themselves should be, should be made forced via some rule change, some law change to me. But if you are going to publish uh, on the internet, you must be identifiable because right. we have the problem of Russian bots and, yes, and, and other actors that, that sow massive amounts of disinformation. We have the vile attacks on individuals that uh, hide behind a cloak of anonymity. You yes. should try being a female political journalist these days, yes. Eamon, and see the stuff yes. that they get all behind a cloak yes, of anonymity of and yes. the degree to which these companies do not cooperate with the authorities when we try yeah. when they they try to identify things like death threats. And yes. um, it's absolutely disgraceful. You, you, if you look on Twitter on any given day, you will see somebody saying, "Look, I reported this tweet, which is threatening in some way, shape, or form, physical violence against me to the company, and they've done nothing about it." That sort of thing happens all the time. Okay, Chris, we're very grateful to you as always. Chris Johns has his own podcast, The Other Hand, and we're grateful to Chris for joining us on the stand every week. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.